to me, it's about like playfulness and exploration. Like my journey toward self-identifying as a they is and a non-binary person is really one of like playfulness. It's been Mm -hmm. really um, fun for me to kind of like discover that side of myself and to have the language for it. Because for so long, it's like, you know, I think a lot of people, whether they're um, some spectrum of trans or some spectrum of they, like there's this whole thing of like, I don't even know how to say what I am. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have the words for it. And they, I think it's just, it's liberating and it's open, you know? Wow, week three, back again, and of course with some juicy pits and peaks. We have big news to share. Merriam-Webster has announced their word of the year, and yes, this podcast has ranged beyond just talking about asses. We are multifaceted creatures. We also have a special guest from the paper team who we are very excited to speak to today. So let's get going. I'm Justin Moran. And I'm Peyton Dix. And this is another episode of Internet-y, where each week we break down all the celebrities, stories, memes, and trends that you should give a shit about online. Hello there, listeners. What a week. We are so close to the holidays now. So... Close. Not close enough, some <laughs> might say. Even though I would like to take a nap, the internet never, ever sleeps, as we know. So, we do have plenty of pits and peaks this week. What was your peak, Peyton? This week, it had to be the Kardashians making fun of each other. Which, like, I don't even watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but I just saw this clip of them all dressed as each other, you know, like... Courtney is playing Kim. Kim is playing Courtney. Kylie's not there. <laughs> um, actual Kylie's not there, but Kendall Jenner plays Kylie. And she has this moment where she's like talking about her Kylie Jenner lip kit and like puts it all over her face on her teeth. And she's Layers like, it See? On. And like, I swatched it. And her arm just looks crazy. It's just like, it is a reminder that they don't take themselves too seriously, which like did crack me up. But I will say that it revealed that there is some real tension between Courtney and. Kim. Kim. Yeah. Sorry, but I was like, which, which, which K is it? They're yeah, secretly, they clearly hate each yeah, other. Yeah, like Kim, who's playing Courtney, comes and sits down and is like, uh, hi, like, sorry, I'm just going to pull the mommy card again, and I really, like, hate this. And, like, it's so, it's just, it's good. It made me like them right. more than I wanted to, to be honest. Okay, Justin, what's your peak? My first peak, I have two peaks this week, feeling good, feeling great. My first peak. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Rub it in our faces. (laughs) Feeling really good. Um, My first peak is Paris Hilton invented a new term for that's hot. Is that a peak? (laughs) It's a peak, and I kind of like, I love her. She's so earnest about this word, and it's sliving. And it's not going to catch on. I'd like to make that clear. Like, yeah. that is not the that's, yeah. that's, that's not the new that's hot. But I appreciate that she's still trying to make these moments happen. She introduced it at the Streamies, which are sort of the award show for the internet, right. and told it to Kim Petrus, our girl Kim. And Kim, of course, freaked out and was like, You did it again! <laughs> and Paris. We stand a stand. <laughs> yeah. And Paris has been knocking us over the head with sliving ever since. I love that. I would say that's a peak. For you, and maybe a pit for culture. (laughs) (laughs) And that is fair. Speaking of pits, what was yours, Peyton? Well, I really hate to, like, double down on the Kardashian-Jenner 
content here. I promise this is not normal. I have brain cells. But I will say my pit is Kylie Jenner singing Rise and Shine again at her... Uh, not her. It was Justin Bieber was doing like a charity auction art show, I think. Uh, and she performed it. And then like, not, I was going to say everyone goes wild, but it's not everyone. It's just Justin Bieber and like Jaden Smith that are like, oh, she did it. And she's like, look, probably drunk. Like the videos of her at this art show. She's giving me Chris energy. Like She's Chris, giving you drunk mom. Yes, yes. And I love to see it. But I feel like the reason it's my pit is just because it's like, she knows how to kill a joke. Like, this stopped being funny so long ago. Like, I'm done with Rise and Shine, even though, like, it is a bop. But, like, I don't know. After she, like, trademarked it and did all that, it was like, enough, 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 enough. Like, we don't need a performance. So, that leads me to you. My second peak of the week has to do with the... <laughs> little gay jumped out there. Yeah. My, My second peak. And these are both really fucking gay, and I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> has to do with the Pussycat Doll comeback. And we they announced their comeback a few weeks ago. But I think that the official comeback started this weekend when Nicole Scherzinger was caught doing poppers with Sam Smith at a club. Who hasn't done poppers with Sam Smith at a club? Have you? No, of course, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so funny because everyone is like, Nicole Scherzinger, like, huffing poppers in a club. And it's like, bitch, who hasn't huffed poppers in a club? Yeah, grow up. <laughs> um, for legal purposes, all of this is alleged. Nicole Not Scherzinger. This whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. but, Nicole but Scherzinger thing. allegedly did poppers in the club with Sam Smith. Speaking of an iconic non-binary superstar, I think it's time for us to bring out our guest and dive into our topic for this week. Let's do it. Okay, so first things first, let's introduce our amazing guest, culture editor at Paper, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, <laughs> my mother, <laughs> um, an all-around renaissance woman, <laughs> Michael Love Michael. Also pop star, singer-songwriter, wow. but pop star. Yeah. Um, Michael, we're so happy you're here. First, tell everyone where they can follow you online. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, you can find me on, unfortunately, I'm not rich enough to have one handle be all of my handles mm. yet. That is, that um, is well. We're, we're going for that. But it's MichaelXOMichael on Instagram. And I'm very tardy for the party of Twitter. Um, just joining a few weeks ago at Love Michael XO. Gorgeous. It's like same theme, you know? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Not tardy for the party, Kim Zolciak. Yes. But also, absolutely. that's called self care. Like, don't yeah. be on Twitter. No. <laughs> if you love yourself. Reluctant to Twitter. But welcome. Nice to have you, Thank you. in this podcast and on yeah. Twitter.com. <laughs> Um, so now for our big news and our deep dive this week, we were all so excited to learn that Merriam-Webster has announced the word of the year is they. This was particularly exciting because they referred to they with regards to identifying people whose gender identity is non-binary. As of September 2019, Merriam-Webster defines they as used to refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary. Um, and for previous words of the year, just for some context, we had 2018 justice. Fair. 2017 feminism. Noted. 2016 surreal. Surreal. Which, surreal feels like a generous word for that I know, time. Right. And then 2015 ism. But that's probably like racism, sexism, <laughs> communism, who knows? Like, <laughs> all the isms. Uh, this year definitely feels, I mean, long overdue. According to our internet search, they has been used as a singular pronoun for centuries. 
dating as far back as 1375. I mean, more and more media outlets are embracing Singular Vey, with the Washington Post sanctioning it in 2015 and the Associated Press in 2017. I think this is important because sometimes in New York, it feels like we're having these conversations that are really important and long overdue within our own circles. And actually, Merriam-Webster didn't decide this because they wanted to. They chose they because of data research. Searches for they in 2019 were up 313% this year, which just goes to show that it's not just a conversation happening in major cities. It's like a huge topic across the world. Which it should be. And has been. And will continue to be. (laughs) That was the weirdest pacing of that. Again, Molly, do what you want with that bit. Should we recap some highlights from the past year that has, you know, kind of brought us to where we are now? Definitely. And according to Merriam-Webster, upticks in searches happened when these major moments for the non-binary community happened in 2019. I mean, just, you know, this year alone, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, and Julian Castro all include pronouns on their Twitter bios, which is really major. Yeah. Another big one was Sam Smith, who announced that they identify as they, them, which is huge because Sam Smith has been such a visible figure in the LGBTQ community and, like, touches everyone from my sister in Minnesota, (laughs) shout out Hannah Moran, to like the girls of New York City. So that was major. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really, really important to see. Mm -hmm. That that was weird to say. Really important to see. See. Yeah, we love to see it. We love to see it. Um, Also, Oslo Grace, a non-binary model who we all love, walked the runway during Paris Fashion Week. So, you know. We also love to see that. (laughs) We love love to see that. We love international representation um, in fashion especially. So that's just as important. Um, And U.S. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal gave a speech about her gender nonconforming child who uses they, them pronouns. So we see it in the White House. We see it on the runway. We see it on the radio, bitch. We see it hopefully heading into the White House. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. And again, I feel like that's so important. It's something that feels maybe rather small to just update your Twitter bio bio or update your, you know, Instagram bio or even your email signature, but I think it just normalizes that you should announce your pronouns and it's like this a small step to a much bigger conversation. You can't assume, first of all. You can't assume, you know. And you shouldn't. <laughs> I think this is also particularly important because so many old people are like they they them is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like and all that's you like people out there yeah. thinking this is grammatically incorrect. Yeah, Merriam-Webster like, said, "Bitch, <laughs> this is correct." <laughs> they said it is referring to one person. Yeah, yeah. So. like the amount of times I've sat down, and I'm sure Michael, you've sat down mm. hundreds of times with old people that are like, "It Millions. just it's so hard for me. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because yeah. they them is a plural pronoun." Mm. Merriam-Webster yeah. says otherwise. Um, Michael, I want to talk about the pros and cons of a word like they, them reaching mainstream (laughs) knowledge because anytime something that's sort of precious and has been carefully cultivated within, for example, the queer community, Mm -hmm. it's reaching potentially like dangerous, Mm -hmm. you know, close-minded people. So Mm -hmm. how has your experience been this year just navigating the world as a non-binary person? As a they, them, wow. Um, (laughs) Let me think. So I don't know. I mean, I think 
I, I do have a lot of those conversations about like grammar that often it, it, it usually it can result in a person just like choosing to still not like acknowledge that I identify a certain way. So that's obviously frustrating. But I also think that um, in general, you know, it's this being the most popular word of the year is encouraging people to think of people just in general more neutrally you know yeah. not in terms of I'm a man or I'm a woman but I can be whatever I want like right. I'm a multitudinous human being you know what I mean and I think it's um I think that that's an important conversation to be had too like when you don't know someone's pr- pronouns it's safer to err on the side of neutrality yeah you know I mean we operate in binaries all the time exactly and I think this is definitely helping us move away from that exactly yeah, yeah. so do you think then because I've heard from people who identify not as non-binary mm-hmm. that are on like a queer spectrum mm-hmm. that the assumption that they if we use they them as a starting place that that is just as maybe hmm. um assumptive, assumptive? Hmm. like what, what do you think about that hmm. well I don't know I think like there was a conversation I think maybe circulating in the spaces we inhabit more about like how queerness is sort of used as this like general like umbrella right to kind of encapsulate like many different kinds of sexual orientations identities etc you know um as opposed to just gay and lesbian which is very specifically i'm a man who likes men or i'm a woman who likes women queerness is more encompassing of the whole um and everything in between I think that's just my opinion, but I think they kind of occupies a similar space. So it's not like about erasure, mm-hmm. uh, which I think like some of the people who sort of say, you know, I don't really fit they, but if you assume I'm a they, then, or if you use they, you're somehow erasing my identity as a man or as a woman. I don't think it's doing that. I think yeah. it's a similar like openness. It's more of an umbrella, and it also kind of could, you know, to the to the right person, give them permission to mm-hmm. sort of think about their gender beyond how they've been programmed to think about it, yeah. you know? I think yeah. it allows you the space to explore what that even means for you, like what your masculine or feminine identity even means to you, like mm-hmm. what does it feel like to latch onto that so deeply? Mm-hmm. And I think to uh, piggyback off of your point, which is, which I agree with, is that it just opens up so much more room for exploration mm-hmm. and conversations about identity, even if it still ends up with you recognizing yourself as a cis person, it allows you to still explore what that looks like in yourself and mm-hmm. people around you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, I mean, I'm just saying it's overall important to like have have this conversation yeah. to be, you know, it should have started a long time ago, allegedly in fucking 1372 or whatever, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I'm glad we're just, we're talking. Period, yeah, but. yeah. Well, and language is uh you know language is important i feel like this is something we all kind of talk about at work a lot but um i think it's useful maybe for people listening to hear that you know like language and attitudes they just change as society changes and it's not an unhealthy um thing and it doesn't sort of take away from anybody you know to kind of like be more up to date with like the ways in which people are thinking and speaking about evolving identities mm-hmm. you know like nobody is fixed one way their whole lives you know well that's what's interesting is we evolve as humans in every possible way mm-hmm. and for whatever reason gender is the one thing that we've decided is locked in at birth <laughs> I like, know. No, 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 no. we get to keep this yeah. yes. <laughs> like, it really makes no sense in a lot of ways like choosing to be non-binary is a more realistic mm-hmm. assessment of 
your life experience. Yeah. Because yeah. as a baby, you're told, you know, you're a man or a woman. Based on your anatomy. Based on your which, anatomy. Which, that's a whole other can babies of worms. Don't know what the fuck <laughs> That's another doing. episode. Yeah, We're going to mm-hmm. get into Correct. it. Correct. <laughs> so hopefully something like this will allow the space for people who haven't previously maybe felt comfortable like exploring that side of themselves to inhabit the non-binary space more. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, I, I, I mean, just even among like my friend group, maybe you guys have similar experiences, but um, I've noticed just more and more of my friends kind of, you know, it's like a he with a they rising kind of yeah. situation. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it he just, moon. Yeah, rising. he moon, like exactly. They sun, you yeah. know, it's all coming out. And I, and I think I really... To me, it's about like playfulness and exploration. Like my journey toward self-identifying as a they is and a non-binary person is really one of like playfulness. It's mm-hmm. been really um, fun for me to kind of like discover that side of myself and to have the language for it. Because for so long, it's like, you know, I think a lot of people, whether they're um, some spectrum of trans or some spectrum of they, like there's this whole thing of like, I don't even know how to say what I am. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the words for it. And they, I think, is just, it's liberating and it's open, yeah. you know? It's interesting that you use the word playfulness because mm-hmm. I think that specifically with older generations trying to understand this, there's so much fear mm-hmm. oh, and seriousness God, yeah. attached yeah. to it. And yeah. I think kind of, it's like, a, the point is it doesn't have to be so serious. Nope. It should right. be playful. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like gender is fun. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> Let's <laughs> like, act up. Like yeah. you should take you should take people's pronouns seriously, but yeah. you should take your own gender identity right. like not, Le- just less not. Yeah. yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It really is. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Mona Chalabi, who's a data journalist and mm. illustrator, and like the smartest human I know, and because of her career as a data journalist, it's so interesting the missing information we have mm-hmm. about, you know, in the context we were talking about race, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, the way we explore relationship dynamics is always in a binary. It's always between a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. We're very rarely even having the conversation about queer representation, mm-hmm. not even, like, gender binaries or um, sexual orientations. And so this also opens up so much more information, like, so much more data to be cataloged in a way that mm-hmm. recognizes gender expression, yeah, um, which is powerful and so important because when we look back in history, we will now have this as a part of it. Yeah. Because right now it's really, it's rarely put into proper places. No, and I think too, this also opens up, you know, like we have these examples of things that happened this year that are pushing they into the mainstream and it has these high search results and whatnot, but like hopefully we'll start to see more and more of that representation in, in our popular media, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would love to see a non-binary love story, you know, but yeah. one in which, like one that doesn't like tokenize or do, you know, God bless, but I was not a Call Me By Your Name fan. I'm so sorry. I love it was a beautiful God bless. film. God, God bless. But God bless. You know, I, I just wasn't. I mean, I think that that story needs to exist for like people who don't have access to that story. Absolutely, but I also right. think, and and that can be, you know, if 
I, as a Renaissance woman slash aspiring screenwriter, write the film that is the the non-binary love Speak story. Speak it into existence. You know, let's just manifest that, yes. you know, for 2020 and beyond. I don't know. But mm-hmm. if I do that, you know, maybe maybe if it's like the first of its kind kind of in a mainstream context that can open doors for other conversations that are more nuanced. But um, there always has to be the first of something to yeah. kind of change the way in which we all think, you know, about and consider like these sorts of issues. You know, I personally would be fine if I never heard Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You ever again. So it's obvious that the holidays are upon us. It's being thrown in our faces. Um, but, you know, for people who identify as non-binary, there's like a another um, challenge of like what it could mean to go home to those maybe more traditional spaces. Right. Not like for is, all, Like, is home but even an option yeah, sometimes, you know? Yeah, like, what is home, you yeah. know? Um, so, I mean, I have a lot to say about my own experience with that, um, but I don't know. I know, I didn't want this we... to be set up in a way that we are thinking it's easy to walk through the world as a non-binary person because mm-hmm. it's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still so much work to be done Correct. so that people who are gender non-conforming can walk through the world, can go home mm-hmm. with ease, mm-hmm. you know? So if you have the privilege to go home and have a welcoming environment, mm-hmm. something like the Merriam-Webster Word of the Year is such an easy, like, and. like conversation to have mm-hmm. at your holiday dinner. Like, strike up the conversation with your freaky aunt and talk <laughs> about gender identity. <laughs> because, like, for me specifically, that is, like, a, a safe space yeah. that I feel... You know, I mean, it legitimizes mm-hmm. this very real experience. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those conversations, for people that can have those conversations with their family, will make it easier for people to eventually go home and have it be so normalized yeah. that not going home isn't an option. Right, right. That's true. And I, I mean, I think, oh, I don't know. Even in, I mean, in my own experience, like, all I can really, <laughs> all I can really say is that I... I'm so used to almost like having like a little bit of a, 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 a two two personalities or a double life or something like that. Like my family is perhaps more accepting now than they were like when I was first coming out, especially when I would first show up around them presenting. You know, like I'm I'm more high femme presenting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on that end of the spectrum, even though I am anatomically male which feels so gross to say you know (laughs) because it's like science and it's like I don't think in that way at all Um, but it's it's um, obviously because I'm anatomically male there are certain ways that I thank you for driving that home (laughs) (laughs) certain ways I'm like expected to exist at home you know and um, it's everything from you know uh, the things I often have to deal with are constant questions about my appearance you know like I currently have blue braids as none of you can see me but I do have matching blue nails and blue lipstick because they I look am amazing campy as yes, fuck also yes, yes. <laughs> I love, know that it's working for them <laughs> no, thank you so much um, but you know it's like questions about why I'm doing that or must I do this sort of thing or um, you know and then misgendering is a whole other conversation you know um, and it's like for me I don't even it's like for the sake of keeping peace with my family because 
when I go when I go there, that's sort of like my personal mission is to just have peace for like the three days that I'm there. <laughs> like just in peace. and out. Just I'm peace. only looking for peace. So I'm not, you know, I'm really not trying to 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 fight with them. But I think for people who um do feel like it it's a much more important conversation um to have that kind of acceptance within their family units yeah. with with you know where they come from um obviously like you know something like this is good information but it's uh it's a struggle yeah, yeah. It's a i think struggle. the onus is more on if you're a cis person yeah. to speak up for the communities that you you don't need to belong to a community to advocate for it absolutely you know? yeah. yeah i think also michael and i talk about this a lot where to remember that fear or anger or um yeah, fear or anger are just like jealousy in disguise. Yeah. So most of the time, if people don't understand you, they just hate me. They're just bitches. mad because <laughs> they just mad. They they feel like they can't do it. Like they wish they could feel as free as you feel. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, God, I love that. Yeah. Well, it's you can true, you can literally see the envy in someone's face. Like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like fuck you for looking like that because I think that I can't look like that. Yeah, yeah. and that's too bad for them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like they've really people who feel that way. I think have really internalized the messages we all get, but they've internalized it on such a deep level that it's like but they don't know how to escape. It. Yeah, and they have to like externalize that in a fucked up and angry way toward right. someone they see being in their truth, their freedom, and their power, honey. Yes, honey. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So obviously, having they be the word of the year for Merriam-Webster is a huge feat, but it's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Michael, what would you like to see happen in twenty twenty? Ooh, let's see. I think. Um, honestly, you know, the people who are feeling like a he or she, you know, a moon with a they rising, <laughs> you know, just like come out and play. Like I said, for me, it's it's a really playful experience. Um, and also, if you this is no shade to people who are like firmly on the binary. And it is true what Peyton just said about, um, you know, it's really up to cis people to kind of like, you know, because they I think people who are uh, marginalized, the onus is always on. It's like how exhausting, yeah. you know, like I'm tired. I just want to lay down. So, I, just I just want, want peace. La- I just, I just want, want peace. peace. You know, I really want a nap and then I want <laughs> peace also. So, you know, it's like our, our, our cis friends can do a much better job of sort of ha- spearheading some of these conversations without taking the mic completely. Like, yeah. let us talk, you yeah. know, don't yell over us, you know, at the same right. time. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it's about, I think more people entering that conversation and validating it, affirming it, um, normalizing it, you know, maybe there can, I don't know how corny or weird this would be, but like in workplaces, like, you know, maybe there can be more sensitivity trainings about, Absolutely, there could always I mean, be actually, more no, that's not corny at all. Requ- that's, that should be a requirement. Yeah. That should be a requirement. That's not corny. Yeah. Start January off every year. Start yeah. Fresh, please. Yeah. Cause that's another thing, you know, it's like non-binary people often have to defend themselves within the spaces and, you know, they also have to be concerned about making a living. So they worry about how how far they can go like you know if someone misgenders them for example or like if someone repeatedly refers to them the wrong way after they've repeatedly corrected them it's like well, I don't want to lose my job so I can't really go off you know but I want um, to but I want to yeah. but you know I do think that um there it, I think it's just more of a co- like a community effort and totally 
people being better allies and, um, you know, again, not sort of like taking the mic from those of us who do actually have that lived experience. Okay, final question. Yeah. What do you think the word of 2020 will be? I think Paris Hilton got it like a little early with slivered, you know. Oh, used thank you, a, allyship. Thank you no. so much. Used in a sentence, we are slivers who sliver around the world and live in Slivington Manor. <laughs> Is thank that you. Horrible? You are a monster. I hate you both. I'm trapped here with these fools. Okay, Justin. Paris. <laughs> I was going to say impeach. Fair. Oh, shit. Yeah. A, a deafening silence went mm-hmm. over the... Um, love that. But I think I think the word of the year for me is, it's not a word, but you know when you are cracking up at something, so you just like hit your keyboard and it's like A-S-J-F-W, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh that, that is going to be... That's going to be my 2020 word of the year. I love that. Just chaos. Chaos on a keyboard. Okay, that brings us to a close. Let us know what your word of 2020 would be. We want to thank Michael Love Michael for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. Of you fierce hot bitches. Ooh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to the dictionary, the internet, the fans, and also the Kardashians for taking me on another emotional roller coaster this week. And a special thanks to our listeners for tuning in again. If you love this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. We will be back with a new super special episode next week. No holidays here, honey. So listen every Friday. 